Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to a very celebratory episode of Locked On Braves brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network and our partners at Tegna and Intercom, also known as Odyssey. As uh, I, It's hard to keep track of all the names we're going through, but most important one for you guys is Locked On Braves, Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you your favorite shows every single day. They're about Monday through Friday, keeping you abreast of everything you need to know to keep in touch with your favorite teams. Maybe it's the Braves, maybe it's the Falcons, maybe it's hockey, I don't know, but chances are if you've got a favorite sport, there's a Locked On Podcast dedicated to your favorite team, the Locked On Podcast Network, helping you fan the way you should. So, the Braves are finally off the schneid as they managed to win not one, but both games of the doubleheaders today. Uh, first game we'll talk about um, we'll talk about in the second segment a little bit, but it's very nice to see the Braves actually get on the board. We knew, we knew the bad luck was going to turn around. It wasn't always going to be that way. The Braves hit far too well uh, in the opening series with Philadelphia. They hit too well in the first game with Washington for that to continue happening. Uh, luckily, the Braves' bats decided to make the trip down as well, and the Babip gods, I guess, have been appeased uh, as the Braves' offense really kind of exploded in this three-game set. It's going to be an off day tomorrow, but the Braves do take two out of three and now stand at two and four on what has been pretty good MLB season through the opening week. We talked about it on Monday's episode where a lot of really cool stuff happening in Major League Baseball right now with the Tigers playing really well, the Orioles playing well still kind of uh the white Sox, the angels playing really really well the royals happening happening to play pretty well as also there's some fun stuff going on around the league and finally we as braves fans can join into it with our first couple wins uh really really happy to get that off the back and now things should progress a little bit better as i expect the braves to to really put a no doubt capper on this uh two out of the two wins down 98 or 99 wins to go to get to my mark of over 100 wins. I do think it's still going to happen. Uh, offense starting to, to round into form. Pitching um, some an unexpected hero maybe in the second game. That's the second game of the doubleheader. Definitely better than the first uh, as far as the pitching aspect goes. Um, pitching, I don't know about whether or not I should be worried right now, but just some early early marks not looking particularly well. Max Freed started game one today. Did not have it from the jump. Uh, really wasn't fooling anybody, getting hit around. He got taken out after two innings. The Braves had to burn the bullpen in game one with game two expected to be a bullpen game. No fear as Wasker Anoa went out there and put on the best start of his major league career. Uh, really, really nice to see. We'll talk about those games individually uh, in, in just a little bit because there were some things uh, that left me scratching my head and some things I've never seen before, which I don't get to say that every day. But uh, that's two starts in a row now where Max hasn't seemed to have it. I don't really know what the deal was uh, with him today. Uh, I know just wasn't fooling anybody. Um, had, had his normal velocity, but he's having to dial it back. Just hasn't had the command here in the early going. I look for that to, to right itself fairly quickly. Um, Morton, we'll, we'll see on Fridays. There's no game tomorrow, so we'll see Morton on Friday versus Zach Wheeler again. We'll see if he can avoid the trouble he found himself in as uh, so he looks to stretch himself out a little bit further than he did last time. 
as it stands now through five starts or five or six starts now, Drew Smiley and Wasker Noah have been the best pitchers. Wasker Noah has been the best brave starter through these five, through these six games. So really nice to see for, for everybody like me, who's a big fan of Wasker Noah. We'll talk about him as well later on. Cause can't really overstate how well he pitched today. You went into that second game hoping he would give you three just to save the bullpen a little bit, and he looked absolutely fantastic. Everything was working for him. He really only threw the two pitches. He really just threw the fastball and the slider, but the command was really good for most of the game. Just a, a fantastic performance. And if you're somebody like me who really looks at Wasker as a starter and wants him to remain a starter, this was a very, very good showcase for him as we look for, to see him continue to take steps. Hard to remember, he's still only 22 years old uh, as the Braves are, are starting to, to round into form a little bit. Defensively starting to look a little bit better as well. Um, Ozzy got off the schneid in game two, which was a big deal because Ozzy uh, at one point was 0 for 19, managed to get a hit there and, and kind of calm the waters a little bit. Uh, really, one home run in, the, in these uh, these two games here didn't really see the long ball play a big effect after uh, yesterday's debacle where it seemed like every ball hit in the air was going out. A little bit different. The ball was definitely carrying today, but between the four pitchers, somehow just uh, did not let loose the barrage of home runs we were expecting. But for the Braves, it's got to be a nice feeling to score all those runs after struggling to score three in Philadelphia. For the Braves to come out there and just put run after run after run up in this series, it's nice as they get to go home now and get ready for the home opener on Friday, uh, taking on those Phillies again in what should be a warmer climate for sure in their home ballpark where Freddie will get a nice ovation. Uh, should be a nice homecoming for the Braves. And I look for them to get fully back on track. Ronald Acuna... Uh, had himself a series there the Nationals Twitter was putting up a, a, a little tweet with some selective graphics between uh, Acuna and um, Juan Soto trying to say that Juan Soto is better um, looks like Acuna came in and put those to rest at least for now as he got his leadoff home run number 20 yesterday uh, which is the franchise lead for the Braves. And I will go ahead and tell you now, if he stays batting leadoff his whole career, he'll shatter Ricky Henderson's record. Uh, he could break that record in five or six years. I mean, just what you see from him is absolutely special. Two homers, two steals in this series as the 40-40 counter now stands at 38-38 left. Nice to see most of the offense really get on track. Bottom of the order, uh, did some good things, but but still looking to come through. Pache had some tough luck at bats on Tuesday. Looked like he'd hit a... a, a a go-ahead home run, just nipped it foul, and then ended up getting out. It's been tough luck for Christian so far, but he's had that that tough luck a couple times now uh, where he's had a few outcomes where he's just been a foot or two or a few inches away uh, from having a big-time hit and just hasn't worked out for him. That's something that as the season goes on, he'll progress and he'll be fine. Defensively, he's still one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball. The bat's going to come around. It's just going to take seeing these pitchers a time or two. Don't forget, these guys are all basically new to Christian Pache. Uh, he, he hasn't gotten much time against any of them. So every time he's seeing them, it's the first time he's seeing them. So um, as the season gets on, he'll get a little bit better and a little bit better. Even Ender Inciarte today got a double uh, as it was just that kind of day. But overall, nice couple wins for the Braves, and they get to head back home with some momentum. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll examine game one uh, as well as something that – probably angered me more than anything else throughout the day. I could just be being a homer, but we'll discuss that coming up next right here on Locked on Braves. Hey everybody, it's Dylan here from Locked on Braves here to tell you about my friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar in the world. Not the best claim, not the best in the U.S., the best in the world. They've got the best and craziest and most varietal of flavors 
anything you can think of, and things you wouldn't have thought of in a protein bar, all jam-packed into the perfect treat of taste and nutrition. About 19 grams of protein, only about four net carbs between them all. Talking about birthday cake, talking about churro, talking about apple crisp. There are so many delectable treats, and I did say delectable, that go along with Built Bar that make them so good. It's not just that you can have them for breakfast or pre- or post-workout. Now you can have dessert bars, too. Talking about that birthday cake and that churro and that raspberry cheesecake and salted caramel and caramel brownie, and the list goes on and on and on. And the best part is if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can build your own box. You don't have to be stuck on just one flavor. Take my word for it. Take my advice. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and get a nice little surprise at checkout. But go to BuiltBar.com. Build your box. Try the greatest protein bars in the universe. You're going to find out just a really, really nice texture that you're not used to getting from your protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and find out for yourself today. everybody welcome back to the program now we're going to spend the next two segments analyzing the first and second game don't know what this is going to lead me to do for tomorrow but i'll figure that out when we get there but in game one this was a nail biter that really shouldn't have been a nail biter max freed matched up with eric fetty you would assume right off the jump that this was going to be one where the braves were going to walk away with this pretty handily now max has struggled in nationals park in the past uh and those struggles continued i don't know what the deal was today, but Max did not have anything from the get-go. Nothing was really working, not the slider, not the fastball command, not the curve, not the change, nothing. Just did not look like he felt comfortable at all. Uh, And the Nationals did not look like they were fooled on anything. Every pitch he threw looked like they knew exactly what it was. And one of the reasons for that is something that I'm not sure I've ever actually seen before, and it was driving me absolutely nuts. I don't know what was going on with Travis Darno in Game 1. Maybe he was just tired. Maybe in warm-ups or in the bullpens before the game, Max just didn't have anything, and they didn't really know what to do. They're just kind of like, all right, let's see if we can figure something out in the game. But during the two innings that Max Freed was in there, and through a lot of the rest of the outings as well, Darno called every single pitch low into Max's glove side. That's low and inside to right-handed hitters. And I don't just mean called every fastball or called every slider. He called every single pitch to every single hitter in that exact same location. I don't know what the deal was with that. I've never seen it before because it's a stupid thing to do. You cannot do that at the big league level and expect to get hitters out. You cannot tell hitters exactly what location you're going to throw and let them sit on a single location because when you do, you've now ruined every single one of your off-speed off every single one of your breaking balls. Now, maybe Max just didn't have his breaking balls and maybe in warm-ups that spot was the only one Max could hit with any sort of consistency, but he couldn't hit it with consistency in this game. And it was driving me absolutely nuts that they kept going back to that. Didn't go on, on every single batter. It didn't matter if it was a lefty or a righty. It was inside, low and inside to righties, low and away to lefties in the same location called for. I don't... I've seen a lot of Travis now uh, as a Brave. This was the worst I have ever seen him behind the plate. And... 
Again, maybe he was just tired. He did get a break in game two. Maybe Max just didn't have a handle on anything today, and that was part of it, and that they just kind of like, well, let's at least try this. Uh, maybe if we are ma- if we manage to miss low and away, you may walk him, but at least he's not going to hit it out on you, as Trey Turner did hit a two-run homer off of Max because Trey Turner just obliterates the Braves. But it was not very encouraging to me to see a professional catcher call every single pitch in the same location and not adjust when things were not working out. Uh, and unfortunately for Max, things didn't get any better. Uh, he was able to drive in an RBI himself and get on base, and the Braves scored a lot of runs uh, as as the offense wasn't the problem at all. I mean, the Braves put up uh, seven runs in the first game, ended up having to, to win a nail-biter 7-6 as the bullpen tried to give it up, but just not what we were used to seeing from Max, not what we were expecting to see from Max at all. Um, I certainly don't think Darno helped it at all. There's going to be better for Max down the road. Obviously, this is not going to be what he is. He's going to pick back up. He's an ace for a reason. Everybody has bad outings, especially early in the year, so I'm not going to hit the panic button on Max, even though it is two consecutive outings. Uh, where he really hasn't had his stuff. The big difference was in Philly, he was able to pitch around that and find a way to still be effective. Not the case today against what against a, a worse lineup than Philly as well, uh, but got tattooed by Trey Turner and by Juan Soto, and then kind of got tattooed on down the list. Um, very disappointed in Travis. Hopefully, hopefully that was a one-time thing, and I won't see him do that again because um, that was. Quite frankly, that was pathetic. That, that I've, I've at any league, I've never seen a catcher do that. Maybe like when you first start out uh, catching, you first start like kid pitch. Maybe you can see it then. But I, I, in professional or in really actual competitive leagues, I've never seen a catcher call every pitch in the same location for multiple batters. And it was every single batter in the first inning, and it was every single batter that I saw in the second inning as well. And it was every single pitch. So the good news is the offense really let loose. Uh, in, in all three of these games. And in the first game was no exception. I mean, the offense was on a torrid pace. We got to see Ronald Acuna start things off very well and got himself a stolen base right out of the gate. Uh, Freddie Freeman looked pretty good. Marcel still kind of, you know, got some hits, but um, haven't seen the, the huge EVs from him. I'm sure he'll heat up. He tends to start off a little bit slow. He'll pick it up here soon. But we did see everybody else kind of get into the act except for Ozzy until later in the game when Ozzy did get in the act as well. But the offense was certainly not the problem in game one as the Braves were able to score just enough. And that's the name of the game. Score one more than your opponent. Doesn't really matter how ugly it is. As the Braves offense posted seven. The bullpen for the Braves, like I said, I'd be hypocritical if I said I was worried because I just told you I wasn't worried about Max. But for Will Smith, this is another consecutive bad outing for him. Um, did not look good in this one either. And this is after he did look pretty good in, in an outing against Philadelphia, but he's he's had a couple outings now where he's been lackluster. Tyler Matzik hasn't looked fantastic this year. Um, I mean, it's, it's been very Jekyll and Hyde. It seemed like now when the bats woke up, the bullpen wanted to be uh, kind of lackluster, at least in this series and in game one. Luckily for game two, didn't really need the bullpen. Um but for Will Smith, you'd like to see him tighten that up a little bit. He's going to be relied upon to be the main high-leverage piece, especially while Chris Martin is day-to-day with an injury. Uh, A.J. Minter, um, Tuesday was rough. Got back on track today. Back to doing A.J. Minter things, which was nice to see. Uh, Josh Tomlin asked to carry the load after Max Fried only lasted two innings. And for some reason, Josh Tomlin just continues to to pitch out of things that he shouldn't be able to pitch out of. Uh, was able to get Trey Turner out, uh, which... To that point, I don't think any Braves pitcher had ever done ever. The Braves decided, well, if he's just going to mash everything, let's bring in the slowest pitcher so he doesn't have the velocity of the pitch to knock it out of here. And it seemed to work. Um, 
but but good for the Braves to be able to hold on and get that first win. I thought that was a big deal, uh, able to breathe a sigh of relief a little bit as now Oakland is the only team that hasn't gotten a win, or, or at least one of the few teams that hasn't gotten a win yet. Um, felt felt good to, to be able to celebrate just a little bit or at least take a deep breath and just kind of let it out if you're a Braves fan. Uh, we knew the first win was coming, but it was nice to get in that game one of the doubleheader, set you up nicely for game two, which... Wasn't quite sure what we were going to get in Game 2. We'll talk about that here coming up. But overall, Game 2 was one of my favorite games to watch in a long time. And that is because I'm 100% biased. What am I talking about? We'll talk about that coming up after this right here on Locked on Braves. Hey, everybody. It's Dylan from Locked on Braves here to tell you about my friends at Bet Online. I talk about them all the time because I enjoy using their site. I like their interface. It's very easy to use. I don't know a lot about, like, soccer or Uh, hockey, for instance. But when I do want to try to learn a sport, one of the things I like to do is put a little bit of money on the game. It makes me, it makes, it makes me have to stay interested. It ups the stakes a little bit and it creates an, an air of drama and suspense that I normally wouldn't have for a sport I didn't really know or care about that much. Tell me, I'm telling you though, if you put money on something, you're going to care about it. And if you go to betonline.ag, you're going to find the most lines available anywhere for a beginner or for a professional. It doesn't really matter. There's lines for everybody. And if you want to bet a particular line, like say you want to bet Ronald Acuna going 40-40 and you don't see it on BetOnline, you can contact them and they'll make a line for you. It's, It's really good for the user. It's really geared towards customer service. And if you use our promo code locked on, they're going to give you 50% deposit match on your initial deposit, which means you put a hundred, they're going to throw in 50 and you're going to have an extra $50 to play with, whether that's MMA, whether that's hockey, basketball, football, baseball, whatever, whatever sport you want to talk about, you're going to find a line on betonline.ag. It's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. There's nothing better than winning some free money. Put your money where your mouth is. Go to betonline.ag promo code locked on today. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked on Braves, the final segment for today. And this is where we're going to focus on the best game of the day, and that was Game 2. As the Braves managed to hold on for the victory, they managed to eke out a 2-0 victory over Washington in the second set of the doubleheader. This was the wildly impressive game, also known as the Waskar Noah game, as Waskar gets the start. I thought when they said that Game 2 was going to be a bullpen, I had a figure, I, I had a feeling that we'd see Waskar get the start. It made sense, seeing as he's been in the bullpen, but the Braves have come have consistently said that he's a starter. It's made sense that we're going to roll him out there. Uh, I would assume that the game plan originally would be for Max to go most of the way in game one and for Wasker to try to give you three in game two. Well, the Braves had to burn a lot of the bullpen to cover uh, five innings worth uh, in game one. So you came out there just kind of like, all right, well, let's see what Waskar can give me over three, and we'll see where we go from there. Waskar came out guns blazing from the very start, matched Steven Strasburg pitch for pitch in the in the very start of the game. This was this was the type of Waskar I know that we got a lot of glimpses of in spring training. And if you watched spring training, this wasn't all that surprising. But after fixing his arm slot a little bit and making sure that his fastball and his slider were coming out of the same slot, absolutely looked like he was just 
wreaking havoc on Washington's hitters. His slider was fantastic. He didn't really get any swings and misses on his fastball until later in the outing, but the slider was swing and miss heavy all day. Wasn't giving up a ton of hard contact. Gave up a grand total of uh, three hits with one walk, or it might have been two hits. Two hits, one walk. Five strikeouts over five super strong innings for Wascar Anoa. Managed to get up past that 55-pitch plateau up into the 60s before his day was done. Just wildly, wildly impressive. These are the types of outings that make me such a big Wascar Anoa fan. When you see what he can do, when you see that he's able to just come out and start humming 98-99 with that four-seam, and he's got that electric slider on top of it, he's also got another two pitches that he really didn't throw today. I saw a couple split changes, but nothing that looked fantastic. He's also got another straight change, but it was really the fastball and the slider that were the big pitches for him. Saw a two-seamer once or twice as well, but I'm not a big fan of his two-seamer because it tends to run too far and run back right into the middle of the plate. But overall, everything that he, that he tried to work worked out for him. He got into a little bit of trouble in the third inning, and it started to look like he was getting a little bit gassed right as he started getting close to that 50-55 to pitch mark. Started to lose his mechanics a little bit. Bared back down, Snit sent him back out, which I originally I thought was a bad decision to run him back out there. Wasker rewarded Snit by coming out there and throwing two dominant innings in the fourth and the fifth, and he might have been able to keep going, but there was no reason to push your luck. An absolutely superb outing. Doesn't get the win as he still somehow hasn't Featured in any decision. Uh, this was his 13th appearance in a big league game. No decision, so no record lets you know. Again, the doesn't, record doesn't really matter. But this was this was a big step for him. That, that Dodgers outing that we saw against him last year, uh, that he came in and he covered a bunch of innings and went 75 pitches, that was a huge outing, and he looked phenomenal. But this, this was the best he's ever looked as a big leaguer. This was the thing that the Braves have been drooling over and why the Braves have been so reticent to move him to the bullpen full-time. This is what you look at and you say, man, if you can just get him to be consistent with his command or get him to be able to throw and carry his stuff for 75, 85 pitches, this is the type of game that he can give you. Tons of swing and miss. Uh, electric stuff, really the best pure stuff in the system. And it's, you know, that's not a knock against anybody else. The Braves have a ton of guys with really good pure stuff. Nobody has the arm like Wasker Inoa does. Uh, and, and for him to put it all together, that was huge for the Braves, huge for that bullpen, and huge for that young man himself. Again, hard to believe he's still only 22, um, but there, there's a lot more in the future. I'd, maybe we'll see him. If there's another start before Mike Soroka gets out, which there, there's some news, maybe some rumors maybe leaking that he, his shoulder might not feel great, uh, I'll cover that on tomorrow's episode to give me something to talk about. But if, if Soroka misses another start or two, uh, I, I think it's a, a fair play that you'll see Waskar get another start. Maybe they go with Bryce Wilson, but Waskar most certainly earned another start. Uh, he's actually been the most impressive Brave starter to this point in the season. We'll see Charlie Morton on Friday against uh, Zach Wheeler making his return to Atlanta, so that'll be fun to see there. But overall, it, it wasn't just Waskar with the surprise uh, with the surprise outing. Uh, we also saw Pablo Sandoval come through yet again in the clutch with the his second home run of the season, his second pinch hit home run of the season, and his second 400-plus foot home run of the season as he put the Braves up 2-0. Really, really cool to see. I'm not a big believer in Kung Fu Panda, so get what you can out of him until he inevitably wears down. But for Pablo, this has been a magical start to the season for him. Uh, really roped a ball and, and just crushed it uh, dead center. 
and uh, good to see from him. Good to see for the Braves that they were not only was Wasker able to pitch that way, but they were able to to keep the shutout uh, without using their mainstay relievers. Didn't use Minter, didn't use Matzik, didn't use Smith. Uh, they ended up rolling with Wasker Noah, Luke Jackson, and then coming in for the surprise save for the second time in his career, Sean Newcomb. And I do want to take a special moment so Jordy can be very happy with me, one of my buddies, Jordy, who listens to the shows all the time. Uh, Sean Newcomb came out, and this was the type of Sean Newcomb that everybody who said Newcomb to the pin, this is what you're talking about. Newcomb came out, and he just started throwing gas. 98, 99, clock 99 once, clock 98 a couple times, came out 97, blew Ryan Zimmerman away, just blew doors off, still kind of telegraphed his curve a little bit, but that's just Newcomb's curve. Most importantly, he didn't mess around with anybody. He didn't nibble. He just reared back and let it rip. If that's what Newcomb, if Newcomb could just commit to doing that day in and day out, and not worry about the next inning. He would have to buy into being a high leverage guy, and he's not going to be high leverage this year unless there's some other injuries or just some some bad performance as the Braves just have too many other lefties in the pin. But if Newcomb can commit himself to that type of mindset, to that type of play style, then he can absolutely be a very, very effective high leverage guy. I still think he's done as a starter in Atlanta, but I don't want to rain on the parade too much as can't say enough good things about what he did today. Just slammed the door on the Nationals to close it out. Luke Jackson did not... Luke Jackson is not typically the guy you want to go to in a hold situation, and uh, things weren't always pretty for him, but Luke Jackson gets the hold. Pablo Sandoval, and he also gets the win, I believe. Pablo Sandoval comes in, mashes the two-run homer to give the lead, and then Newcomb comes in and just slams the door for a Braves team that is very, very ready to get back home. And again, just beautiful work from him. Uh, had that big body work and had his, his delivery and his mechanics all in sync. That's what I want to see more from him. If he can do that more often, then Sean Newcomb is going to be a force of a reliever. He just has to commit, just like Max had to do when Max was a reliever. He just has to commit to that aggressive mindset and not worry about pitching two pitches ahead. Just take it each pitch as it comes and just let it rip every time. You got big stuff. You're a big old boy. You got a good defense behind you. Challenge them. See if they can get it. As, as you saw today, all three of those guys that he faced, couldn't touch it. Couldn't spit on it if they were trying. So good to see from Sean Newcomb. Good to see the Braves heading back home, ready for Friday's home opener. Ready to see Freddie get his just desserts, his, his nice home ovation, his standing ovation for winning the first MVP since Chipper Jones. Can't wait. Can't wait to see Charlie get the ball in the home opener for the Braves. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll be back again tomorrow to discuss uh, just what I'm looking for in this series with Philadelphia. Uh, do I think that the Braves might be able to turn the tide, so to speak, and start uh, laying a real claim onto the division this early? I don't know. We'll talk about it tomorrow, so don't miss it right here on Locked on Braves. Uh-huh.